Toby, what do you call someone who dresses up like a noodle? <laughs> I don't know. An impasta. <laughs> oh, that's the best one in a long time. That's really good. That's good. Oh, you're listening to a brand new episode of Battery Mates. Welcome to uh, a brand new episode of Battery Mates. This is Toby, and joining me in the United States of America, but not in the same city, is... I'm Matthew, and I'm in Washington, D.C. I, I literally cried uh, <laughs> when, we were, when we were coming through immigration, so... Yeah, well... That's, Happy to uh, be here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That's, you know, it's really nice to have... It feels... The country actually feels a little warmer. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but... Things have not been that great uh, since you went back to the UK. It's been pretty, pretty dicey. I mean, just everything's not that, that great. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, Britain's not great either. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying not to think about um, my visit here being some kind of endorsement or uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just here for the. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a great episode uh, lined up here. We have a Better Mates of the Movies, another one with Kate Stamen London. We're going to talk about The Sandlot, um, which <laughs> a lot of hot takes uh, in this in this episode about that beloved movie. Um, but things are crazy in baseball. The Braves are in first place somehow. The Royals and Orioles are both on pace to lose 110 games. And my favorite little uh, factoid from the week, the past week, uh, another kid whose father batted against Bartolo Colon has now batted against Bartolo Colon. This is <laughs> incredible. Um, I think that makes three. Uh, p- three father-son combos have now um, hit against Bartolo. Um, what a what a <laughs> what a week in baseball. What a couple weeks in baseball. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's, the, it's, the, um, yeah, that's ridiculous. My I I love the Royals Orioles uh, story partly because. Um, I love how the beginning, the preseason debate was all about um, Tampa Bay and Miami tanking, and and they're doing a lot better than right. Kansas City and Baltimore. So. <laughs> right, I'd make fun Therefore. of Kansas City. I, I like to make fun of Kansas City and being so bad, but um, they did win a World Series a couple of years ago, and my team did not. So I think I have to. They, I have to wait. I mean, they have they have crashed hard and yes. fast, and um, we actually just uh, the Nationals just picked up uh, the the Royals closer Herrera. Yep. Um, for uh, three really young uh, prospects, they're not um, uh, frontline prospects for us, and and so they are they are having to like rebuild right from scratch, and they're going at it pretty fast. Yeah. I, I also saw this week that the Orioles are, are now aggressively um, pushing Manny Machado around. They have to. Uh, I yeah. mean, they got to. They got to. But it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, that'll 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 be a nice uh, addition to some lineup that's not the Cleveland Indians. Um, I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, should we do a quick around the horn while we're Let, while we're here? Let's let's do a quick around the horn. You go first. I, I go first. Okay. Um, I I know you hate it when I talk about the designated hitter because um, <laughs> the the DH is obviously a, a stain on the American League, uh, but Rob Manfred is has come out and said that. 
uh, he he thinks if the American League has to have a shitty rule, then the National League should probably have a <laughs> shitty rule on the, the DH too. He um, he said um, he said this week after the courtly owners meeting. Um, I think that it is a continuing source of conversation amongst the ownership group, and I think the dialogue actually probably moved a little bit, which is like his silly, like uh, uh, vague way of saying that uh, we're getting closer to a to a designated hitter. And you know, I kind of, I it, I think designated hitter is dumb. I love uh, pitchers hitting. My I think currently my standout uh, thing from this season is Max Scherzer. Uh, I think he's batting like 300 um, and uh, is, is I think, an MVP candidate um, as well as a Scion candidate. But I also think that, you know, of all of the different rule changes um, to hold out for, I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. Um, but I just I just think it's dopey. I just think it's dumb. Why why do pitchers pitchers get special <laughs> treatment? Like you wouldn't say like oh well running is really really bad for your knees, so catchers can have a, a designated hit so they don't have to they don't have to run the bases or something. I mean it's just it's just dumb. Well, I'm happy to accept your concession. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should actually do a maybe the, the season finale for uh, for the season should be our. Uh, bench is clear on the designated hitter. I finally, yeah. finally have one. Um, I mean, the the key thing for me is that the National League should use it as a as a bargaining chip to uh, stop anything else dopey. Like I would say, <laughs> okay, <clears throat> I would accept losing the uh, having a designated hitter in the National League in return for no stupid rules about the shifts and no pitching clock. Yeah, and no extra inning runner on second bullshit. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Interesting. Uh, we're bargaining now. That's a, the stage of grief that we have uh, we've entered into. <laughs> um, my my first year, uh, the Indians have a, a new pitcher, and his name is Shane Bieber, uh, and no one can stop making fun of him for having that name. Um, literally, the, the every opposing team. This is tracks back to college days, I guess. Um, this is how long Justin Bieber's been around, <laughs> and how young Shane Bieber is, I guess. But. Um, yeah, back in the college days, like opposing teams used to play Justin Bieber songs when he warmed up, um, and I think that at this point for him, it's like, yeah, real fucking clever, guys. I I've, I've been hearing this for years now. This is not this is not good to be. But the Indians player, Cleveland players, uh, before his first home start last week, um, actually did the same thing. That, did, did it to him as well. <laughs> they got his. They got the. Um, uh, the the PA guys to change out the actual warm up music. So when you're at home you're, and you're you're starting pitcher, your first inning you get to hear your own warm up music. And so what would have been his first ever start in Cleveland is to hear his hand picked warm up music. Um, uh, Francisco Lindor and a few other players actually got them to switch it to a Justin Bieber song, the ba- Baby, I believe it was. Um, but uh, it's great. And then then there's always the um, uh, Mr. Magoo of of Cleveland sports writing. Paul Hoynes, who um, <laughs> actually wrote up in his game recap from, from Friday night uh, that Indians rookie Justin Bieber went seven scoreless. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the paper. Um, yeah, it, it's so it, also, where the fuck are the copy editors at the Plain Dealer? Anyway, um, that's all I have to say about that. Um, we have a Bieber in Cleveland. <laughs> it, it, so it wasn't on purpose? Oh, no. No, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Oh, God. Um, my next one is uh, Bryce Harper. Um, there's a there's a whole load of, of 
chat about Bryce Harper, uh, uh, Bryce scuffling. Um, I, I, I haven't looked up the stats um, before um, we got on here, but I think he's batting like 110 or something like that over the last uh, month. That's the, that's a joke. It's not quite that bad. He's still getting on base pretty well, but um, I mean, he's really uh, struggling. He hasn't hit a home run since the 9th of June. Uh, and this is obviously his contract year, so that's a big deal. But as ever, I want to talk about the fact that he cannot, he cannot hit <laughs> anything other than solo home runs. He is, he's now up to 19 home runs for the season. Uh, it, it was it was the uh, NL leader until I, I think a week ago. So he was he was he he really jumped out, but only four of those nineteen home runs have scored more than one run. What? Only four. He's only hit four multi home multi RBI home runs all season. He's hit fifteen solo home runs. <laughs> Juan Soto, the nineteen uh, year old uh, rookie who has absolutely exploded uh, into the team. He's absolutely phenomenal um he has hit more multi-rbi home runs than, than bryce harper and he's only been playing for like five weeks so i mean i mean i don't i don't know where you'd go to find out the splits between solo versus multi-rbi home runs so i could go back and check whether that is a historical but that seems crazy to that's me that's not right yeah that's that's something that's that's definitely either something's wrong with him um in that or something's wrong uh, with the nationals lineup <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing james james lynch uh a long-time listener uh has pointed out to me on several times on twitter while i've been moaning about this that it's not bryce's fault there's nobody on base <laughs> <laughs> so. but what if it is what if what if he only can hit a home run when there's no one on, what if base runners distract him Maybe, maybe. I mean, that, that that I've always I've always found the runners in scoring position stat strange. As if like, how? Why are you judging the batter on whether? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, the no, the people aren't on base. But Bryce has now hit um, uh, lead off, second, third, and fourth uh, mm-hmm. this season. And obviously, like, maybe we should bat him like six or seven and see how that <laughs> see how that solves things. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's so uh, weird. It's taking money. It must be taking money off his contract. Not the home run thing, the the scuffling generally, but still the home run thing. I'd be looking at that, thinking like this guy's hit four multi RBI home runs all season. Take ten million off his contract. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been you've been keeping track of this since April uh, on our program um, as your self, well, I, selfishness index, right? Uh, my selfish index. My price hyper selfish index. He's now below twenty five percent, which is crisis levels. But like, his, this has always been a joke uh, between me and and Steve Krupin, um, who I I talk to Nationals talk about Nationals a lot too, and we've always joked about like Nationals fans being so dopey that they're like that even they could find a way to complain about Bryce Harper and like oh he's so selfish. <laughs> and so I was tracking it this year as a joke, and this is like. <laughs> Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's yeah, all my you, fault. Yeah, you've you've incepted this. Um, he, you know, we, I imagine Bryce Harper's a listener, so he's doing it for the show. Um, yeah, my last Come, one here is it's um, it's Pride Month uh, across the country, and uh, twenty three teams have have held or are holding Pride Nights at their um, their ballparks this year. And there was a great FanGraphs piece about um, about this, this and how important. Pride Night is um, for and Pride Month is to, to Major League Baseball, and the fact that teams are celebrating is good because there's a, you know, pretty strong uh, history of 
uh, homophobia in in professional baseball and not professional baseball. <laughs> um, and you know, we've never had. I think we've only had one out uh, professional player while he was he was playing the game, um, and he has since retired. So um, it's not easy. And so uh, the, the the piece here I, I want to call out to people to people to call out for for people here is of the 30 Major League Baseball teams, two have never held a Pride Night. The two teams are the Los Angeles Angels and, you guessed it, the New York Yankees. The Yankees have never held a Pride Night, and because, and this is the quote that was actually an indirect quote, um, but this is the quote from the article, they shy away from promotions with an ethnic or cultural flavor, um, essentially saying, like, if we do it for that that group, we're going to have to do it for every group. Um, and um, that's just... Uh, ludicrous. It's actually a New York fucking city. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I just the, wanna... and the, 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 the Yankee Pride merchandise makes itself. Right. <laughs> Easy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's bizarre. Um, but, uh, you know, any, any, anything I can do to um, do a little uh, rub that pie, or throw that pie in the face of the Yankees fans is what I'd like to do here. <laughs> Um, one, one bonus around the horn here. This is comes, this comes from listener, uh, James Hupp, uh, who wanted to make sure we were all over, um, the, the, the changing of the Staten Island Yankees name to the pizza rats temporarily for five home games this season. Um, I don't really know much about this. <laughs> you do, do you know? Do you know about the pizza rat? Oh, pizza rat! Yeah, I know a pizza rat. I mean, <clears> yeah, I pizza rat. I don't know why Staten Island themselves are deciding to do this. It was like a fan vote, um, so uh, I guess the the pizza rat viral video from like was it like two years ago is still big in Staten Island. They they <laughs> they're a little slower over there. I, I think. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> One of my Staten Island Yankees is a is a really good baseball game to go to. If you're ever in New York, I would recommend over and above any other baseball opportunity you can get to go to Staten Island Yankees. You get it's right by the Staten Island Ferry Terminal on the island, and so you get that beautiful view across the uh, the harbor. You, you go past Red Hook, um, which is the most important bit of New York, and the Statue of Liberty. Um, <clears throat> And so it's like a beautiful ride to the park. And then the park itself, uh, center field, you, looking out at center field, you've got the um, the skyline of Manhattan right in front of you. So it's like just a beautiful, beautiful view. And it's AAA. So it's like it's decent baseball for like 15 bucks or whatever. The food isn't ridiculously expensive. So it's a really, really good night out. I strongly recommend um, uh, going there if, if you can. But the, this is like a really good example of how good minor league um, promotions are. I had a season ticket um, for the Brooklyn Cyclones, which is the Mets single A um, affiliate uh, down at Coney Island. And um, they, every single time we went, they had a new excellent promotion. They had um, Back to the Future Night. They, you know, all these kind of things. Um, it was just, it was just phenomenal. And uh, Seth, who I was with at the time, he was like, yeah. They have to because who else? Who, why is anyone going to a minor league game in 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 Brooklyn uh, if it's not for like Back to the Future Night? Which is a very good point. Like you have to really work your ass off to get people in the door for for minor league and Salon Pizza Rats. I like it. Well, and one other fun fact: um, they've been the Staten Island Yankees have been holding Pride Nights since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, 
Yeah, with that, should we do a quick word from our sponsor before we uh, go to the, watch the movies? Let's do it. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by The Red Hen, farm-to-table dining in Lexington, Virginia. You should read our frequently asked questions section on our website. We have no dress code. Just don't be a fucking fascist. Thanks to The Red Hen. Okay, that's, um, that's good. That's good. Uh, we didn't make them yeah, pay for I- that episode. Uh, that, that, no, that was that, free. That, that one was free. free. Yeah. 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 We had a... <laughs> absolute legends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just you know, I you know, it's it's just a shame that there isn't more respect being shown um, to our <laughs> to our. Anyway, um, can, I, can I can I just say I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about this. Um, when I talk to British people about American politics, like stuff like this, uh, you know, it doesn't make the news in Britain. Right. Uh, so people don't really have an opinion. And by the time you've explained, well, this person is like the press officer, you know, press blah blah blah. Is like it's it's too it's too much. So I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about it. Can I just say, I, I personally wouldn't throw somebody out of a restaurant. Um, but who gives two shits? Right. Like, just it's just so it's so pathetic. It's like, oh, you got asked to leave a restaurant. Go to a different fucking restaurant then. <laughs> like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thrown this person. I wouldn't throw somebody out. Uh, I respect people that I respect the owner for wanting to do that. I wouldn't do that. But, but. I also like the crying and the whinging is just so pathetic. It's yeah. it's like it's a lot. Uh, anyway, you can cut that bit out. I just wanted to. No, wanted to talk no, no, no. Yeah, we're keeping that in. We're keeping that in. That's <laughs> this is what keeps our our episodes relevant. I think it's time for uh, to bring Kate on. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. Welcome, Kate Stam in London, back to the program for the latest ep- uh, edition of Battery Mates at the Movies. And we're tackling some of uh, Battery Mates Nation's favorite, one of their favorite movies, uh, The Sandlot, today. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting one. Um, Kate? Summer is heating up, and so are the takes, is what I have to say (laughs) (laughs) about today's episode of Battery Mates, because I think we've got some scorchers to share with the group. Scorcher takes. Love it. Um, So what's this movie about, Kate? Summer, (laughs) childhood, baseball, nostalgia, toxic masculinity, white supremacy, there's any number of things that you could really say. The way white men get themselves in trouble and people of color are forced to rectify the situation. I think I think that's one of the key lessons we learn from the Sandlot <laughs> and the Trump administration this week, frankly. <laughs> so I think that's my first hot take. <laughs> hot take number one. It's because I'm, I'm keeping track. There's one hot take. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so what's what's interesting about this movie is it is the kind of movie that would absolutely not get made by a studio today. So first of all, to have child protagonists, that's been out of favor for a long time. You'll see even with kids' movies, you almost, unless it's an animated movie, and often even if it's an an animated movie, you're not going to get children protagonists because the studios have figured out that movies are much more bankable when you have big adult movie stars uh, sort of headlining the movie. So starting, I think, like... Tomorrowland at Disney was one of the first ones. Remember that? George Clooney was in that movie. They sort of figured out. They were like, oh, 
we can put movie stars in kids' movies and then they'll make more money. So a movie like this where it's about a whole group of kids uh, with no sort of big name among them. Mm. no real plot to this movie. It's just kind of like a series of one summer, right? It's like a series of vignettes in a way. Like this movie kind of could have a real indie feel about it, except that it's also a kids' movie. So like the series of vignettes are also like very like weird and big and childlike and it sort of reminds me of movies like Big Fish or things like that that mm. sort of play scale and scope in a way to sort of put you in the mindset of a child and the way a child's imagination kind of warps reality which is really interesting but also they kind of like get whether they didn't have the budget to fully realize <laughs> sort of the ideas that they had or whether the ideas themselves were maybe simply not there um so I saw this movie in theaters when I was in summer camp, like with my friends, like cool 10 year old afternoon at the movies. And I know a lot of particularly guys my age, like have these wonderful nostalgic memories of this movie. And, and I would say uh, perhaps, perhaps the nostalgia is the thing rather mm. than the movie itself. Right. It's, it's like Field of Dreams in that, in, a, in, in that way. It's a very much about baseball nostalgia. Uh, than anything else. Oh, and a dog. I think this movie was about a dog, guys. <laughs> Not a for beast. nothing did the director of this film go on to direct Beethoven's third, Beethoven's fourth, <laughs> and a detective junior. So just the first entry in a storied career of oh movies God. about it for kids. So that's nice to know that he was able to capitalize on that. <laughs> he found his niche. Oh yeah. my goodness! <laughs> uh, so the, the the vignettes the vignettes kind of sort of stitched together in the sense of a kid has moved to a place a long way away from where he was previously living, doesn't have any friends, makes friends with some kids who play baseball. He knocks his stepdad's Babe Ruth signed baseball into the yard, and they get caught in a load of scrapes trying to rescue it back, and that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. And and like some light sexual assault in the middle. It wasn't that. It, it wasn't even that light. But <laughs> we, should, we should come on. We should come on to that. We'll, we'll come on to that. Some medium to heavy sexual assault. I just counted that as a scorcher take. Um, as to work two now, but um, but we'll come back to that. Let's come. Let's yeah. Put a pin in that. Look, but Toby, Toby, you you pre you presumably seen this before, given it seems to be part of America's psyche and like a cultural like moment for people of your age. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, I think I think I saw this about the same time, probably mid '90s, sometime. I don't know. I think I saw it on VHS. I did not see it in the theaters. I don't. I don't believe. Um, but uh, yeah, I liked. I mean, you know, I was probably 12 or 13 when I saw this movie, so I probably loved it. Um, and uh, you know, and I was also scared of dogs when I was a kid. So this would have really hit home. Why were you scared of dogs, Toby? An important thing for Battery Maze Nation to know about. Well, I, I didn't. We never. I never grew up with a dog, and so, and I'm um, not a very large person, so dogs have always been much bigger than I am. Um, <laughs> I should rephrase that. When I was a kid, they were always much bigger than I was. <laughs> there are still dogs who are bigger than I am. Um, I was going to say, like, I live in Los Angeles, and today I watched a woman push two dashins in a stroller across Melrose. So, like. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully those dogs weren't bigger than you. I, I, I took um I took Lily to a wildlife park that just had dogs in it. It was a it was a shit zoo. <laughs> oh 
Veteran oh, yeah. Nation is getting a double uh, two-for-one <laughs> deal on uh, dad jokes. <laughs> well, I grew up with dogs, and I've always loved dogs and still do. So yeah, I don't, it's end, not that I, I dislike dogs. They, <laughs> they scared me. Yeah. So, you're, you're just you're just worried you're just intimidated by them uh, towering over you yeah uh, yes <laughs> yeah um, and... um but to, to be one thing i was really interested to know um i you know spoiler alert i thought this was a terrible terrible movie which i'll go on to in a second but i was really as i was watching i was really interested to know presuming that you had seen this when you were like 10 or yeah. you know whatever i was really interested to know what you thought of it this time you watched it. Yeah, I <clears throat> I remember being funnier. Like I thought it was going to be a lot funnier than it was when I on, upon a rewatch. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I never really had I, things that make me enjoy movies now. Um, I didn't really notice a lot of that in in this film. <laughs> um, and part of it, I think, uh, it didn't occur to me. Is that there are no characters in this that you really under like you really have any idea who they are, what their motivation is. Um, for I, I really identify with any of the characters <laughs> whatsoever, and, and I think that I'm supposed to identify with the the the, kid, the lonely kid who moves to the new town, um, but I he seemed pretty boring to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I thought this was an interesting thing about this movie. So I went to I got my screenwriting degree from USC, which sort of like if you want to criticize that program, the criticism you would have is that it's like very commercial and mm -hmm. very much the way that they teach screenwriting is sort of goal or conflict based screenwriting where everything is about somebody wants something badly and is having difficulty getting it. That's like the whole way they teach you how to write characters. And in watching this movie, I was like, literally until it's time to get the ball, like who wants anything? Like who has a desire <laughs> in this movie? And sort of like Smalls wants to be accepted by this group of kids. He thinks it's cool, but like he doesn't know where left center is. Yeah. It's like, have you been to one baseball game? Have you watched one baseball game? And he sort of like wants approval from his like new father figure who's also fucking shitty like, <laughs> like he's like oh, i can't be bothered to play catch with this kid like i was like the mom is the only <laughs> character i like in this entire movie the mom and james earl jones that's it end of characters i like and like i guess rodriguez a little bit because at least he like runs fast although you couldn't have brought the dog at stake you couldn't have like had like one plan in place <laughs> like you can like rig up this elaborate like vacuum situation to like suck up a ball and you have explosives in your blood but like the, a plan that occurred to you was not get a steak from the grocery store give it to the dog take the ball right like this isn't <laughs> that deep you guys. Yeah. so it was basically like no one was good at anything i was like mm. i just want to see someone be or do something interesting and yeah. that was not a thing the movie wanted to happen to me I, I I didn't know what to expect going into watching this at all. Um, as I mentioned before, I flew uh, from London this morning, and so I was watching on a plane. Um, had had no real idea what to um, expect. I'd never even seen a trailer, let alone knew the plot. It's quite rare to like watch a film knowing nothing. And I kind of split this into the the movie into three bits. There's kind of a an opening section where. He's arrived in this new place and, um, and, and you know, far from his friends and he doesn't know how to make friends because he's kind of nerdy and his, his new stepdad uh, figure is, 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 is kind of aloof. And um, I, I, I had high hopes 
uh, not high hopes. I had um, some hopes uh, during that you had section. Hopes. I had, like, I had, like all I of know. us before like, 2016, you had hopes. I had, I had hopes. This, this could be going somewhere. This is like, a, I'd, you know, I make notes as I'm watching these things, and I had like a little funny bit about. Um, it was like the the kids' baseball version of the unbearable lightness of being, uh, <laughs> and then it moves into this middle section where they are trying to kind of like establish these kids as kind of like wannabes and you know they're they're, they're scrappy and together but that involves a story about sexually assaulting a lifeguard at the local community pool in a way that bond that's how you know who your friends are in a way that that in a way that you know we talk a lot about like movies that we watched or like friends and like oh that's not quite you know okay anymore quote unquote this this scene can't have been okay at the time surely like i get it if like we talk about we talk about issues of sexuality differently than we did 20 years ago and you you kind of like try and factor that in a little bit and put but this was like oh my what the fuck is happening it was yeah it's not great and i would say it was definitely not that I recall at all discussed at the time as like even potentially bad. Um, And like, if you want to, if you want to take an interesting look at uh, not this specific situations, but situations like this in general, I believe. um, So at the end of 16 candles, the John Hughes film spoilers for 16 candles, you guys, there's, (laughs) there's a scene that is, that is Mm. bad sexual assault that is treated as, and again, like the two people end up together who are involved in it it's just like not terrific and molly ringwald wrote a really thoughtful essay for i believe the new yorker where she interviewed the actor who played the woman in that scene and like she had some really surprising reactions to it both of the molly ringwald sort of has the reaction you expect it's like oh god how did we participate in this and the woman who played that character had a really different reaction and talked about her own current present as a mother and things like that so anyway if you're interested in issues of of like how sexual assault was portrayed in film in the 80s and 90s versus how we think about it now that essay is something i would very much uh recommend but in this particular we were (laughs) teaching young boys that uh if you want to kiss a woman and she doesn't want to kiss you back you can go ahead and do it anyway through force and deceit right the whole thing also was really mean like the it's like not even yeah. It's it's the the kid is stupid and doing something incredibly mean to this teenage girl, um, thinking yeah. that this little boy's drowning. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Hmm. It, it, it's also like really he's gross. prepubescent. It's yeah. gross. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. just bad on so many levels. It, it it's just like all kinds of bad, and I like, you know, you know when you're watching a film on a plane and you and like there's violence or there's some sexuality or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I hope the person sitting next to me doesn't look over my shoulder. This is, this, this was like one of those moments. It's like, what the fuck is (laughs) happening on my iPad? It's like horrible. Anyway, the third, the third segment where they are trying to get the ball back from um, the unbearable lightness of being light (laughs) rape instruction. And now we reach part three. The the, the, part, the part three the thing that bugged me was the sheer incompetence of their attempts to yes. get the ball back. It, these are ki- these are kids. They're not they're not infants. Like it was it was like the the thing that they ended up doing, which was jumping into the garden, grabbing the ball, and then running as fast as possible, is the obvious first thing to go to. <laughs> of the obvious first thing to go to, and it infuriated me that that's where they ended up. Or like knocking on the guy's door and talking to him. 
it's yeah. which is the you know lesson at the end or whatever that he was actually yeah. a, 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 an awesome dude. There's something. <laughs> so I don't. They never really explain why they were afraid to talk to him, right? No. They sort of. I think Squints. Squints, the shittiest kid in the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Squints said something. I think about like him being scary, and some kid got kidnapped and never came back or whatever. But like. Squints is a sexual assaulter, dude. Why yeah. are y'all taking his word? Yeah. This seems like Squints is Squints Donald Trump. He just uh, is a sexual uh, assaulter and a racist. Yeah. That's my <laughs> scorching hot take number three. This movie is Donald Trump's origin story. <laughs> I think I, th- I, I think we have the title for this week's episode. <laughs> So it's like, can you draw a direct line from the unfortunate incident with Wendy Peppercorn to Billy Bush on the Access Hollywood bus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can do anything you want to them. I have no uh, idea to, whether Squint's father loved him, though. That's the only thing I think that is, is missing. Uh, Maybe there's a yeah. there is a sequel, right? Like, oh, to this movie, yes. Oh, I, never, I don't God. even know. A, a direct to a, a DTV direct to video sequel, <laughs> which was a big thing. For comedy in the in the nineties and aughts, um, we're not we're not watching that. No, we're not. No. <laughs> we're not that. I've never seen it. Maybe we should watch the Taylor Lautner Field of Dreams football movie though. <laughs> uh, Air, 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 Bud, Air Bud Five is happening before we watch Sandlot too. <laughs> so, do we have to watch all the other Airbuds before we watch Air Bud Five? We're gonna watch Air Bud Five. <laughs> <laughs> We've got standards on this podcast. <laughs> oh boy! All right. So, I mean, how many, how many, how many bowls do we want to give this? Well, Matthew, you you, you go first because you have a strong opinion here. I think. I mean, okay. Well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm um, like a like a Max Scherzer uh, 2018 season start. I'm going to go with one ball. Out of five, not nobles because I did quite like the opening ten minutes, and I also I can't remember his name. The guy, the little kid who plays the catcher, Ham. His Ham, yeah. His sledging of the of the people uh, during their at bats is genuinely actually funny. Yes. So I like that was a that was a redeeming feature. Without that, it would I would have gone nobles. But I'm going to say one out of five. Um, can I let you go last? I'm going <clears> to. <throat> I'm going to give it two balls out of five, um, redeemed by the, 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 the brief moments of comedy and probably my nostalgic brain. Um, the, I, I would say this movie isn't about baseball, which I think is the, you know, I, it really isn't about anything, I guess, is the, the, the problem. Um, about kids, I guess. And, it, and the ending is absurd. The, the whole, like, having to tell everybody what everybody went on to do, inc- including Benny the Jet rodriguez becoming a major league baseball player like the kid was pretty good but you know like he's got some he's got some holes in his game and I, maybe those improved but the player they, they the actor who played the real life benny the jet rodriguez on major league field did not look to me like a professional mm. and we uh, learned from sugar just how hard it is to get to the exactly yeah. i feel so, bad for sugar if sugar couldn't yeah. do it right how dare um, he like, the actual sequel yeah. to this movie is Benny the Jet Rodriguez kind of flaming out after, like, blowing out his knee in college. That's the, that's the actual end of this movie. And um, the, the ending, yeah. 
I think the ending kind of like rubbed. The thing took so long to, to and it also was really long, wasn't it? Did it feel yeah, really long? Hour, it was like an hour and fifty minutes. Yeah, come on. They could, for a know. kid, for a kids movie, that is that is really long. Really for a kids long. movie in which nothing happens. Nothing happens. And there's something weird race related with them being scared of James Earl Jones. That's the other thing. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure, that's true. Okay. Two balls. Uh, One point five balls out of. I put myself down. One point five balls out of five. <laughs> Well, the movie lost half a ball in a short stretch of time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's. I think I also land at one point five because one is like our is one our floor or is zero our floor? Zero is our floor. Zero is our floor. Ooh, mm-hmm. and I might, I might, I might be at one. You know, and I sort of there are things I like it when movies. Because, you know, movies are so much about realism, and I like it when movies are about creativity and imagination, and then when they sort of fuck with your perception a little bit to show, like, a sense of childlike wonder. I do like the scene in the treehouse where they're all telling ghost stories. Like, there are things, I think I think if I wanted to say what I wanted from this movie, I wanted to be charmed by it, mm. you know? And, like, I don't need it to be great. I don't need it to be even that funny. I want it to, to take me to a place of childhood and of wonder and, and just be charmed and, and sort of taken on that little trip. And uh, I wasn't, you know, right. I just wasn't. Um, so yeah, so I think it's, I think it's one ball for me, for our poor pals in the Sandlot. And that is the rating that I give it forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would have, I think I would have given this like, if, before the second viewing here, I would have probably given it like three and a half or f- maybe even yeah. four stars. <laughs> I thought, I remember this being memory. good. Like, yeah. Classic. This good and then you actually watch it and you're like oh no it's not that good yeah it doesn't hold i'll up. tell you what else has happened to me with fight club really additional scorching hot take fight club is not a good movie and men just made us think that we had to think so <laughs> <laughs> watch it again i'm not wrong oh my goodness well uh I, <laughs> like oh no i gotta punch some i feel oh. like that, that movie's probably <laughs> almost about baseball we could probably add that in too <laughs> <laughs> It's not like significantly less about baseball than this movie. (laughs) Also, sorry, one thing that I wanted to say that that I didn't say, and feel free to cut this or edit it in earlier. It's like Dennis Leary was a shitty fucking stepdad who deserved Babe Ruth ball shoot up. He did not deserve to have that murderer's roll ball at the end. Like maybe if you'd made time to play catch with your fucking kid, this all wouldn't have happened. Or tell him who Babe Ruth was. Yeah, who cares? you're like what if i told you that i have a ball signed by one of the greatest players of all time yeah yes that's on him it will be about bad parenting yeah i also i also didn't i also you know like his behavior was grounds for the mom not wanting to be with him anymore like she was talking to the kid like maybe if you're really nice he might be nice to you it's like what are you talking about yeah. It's hard out here. It's hard out here for a single mom. That's the real lesson from the sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard out here for a single mom. Sometimes you gotta settle. Do what you gotta the, do for the rap at the end, she should have left Dennis Leary. That should have happened. They yeah. should have been one and, of the things. Oh yeah. my god, what if the mom and Wendy Peppercorn took a Thelma and Louise fucking journey into the sunset? <laughs> That's the sequel I would watch. <laughs> That's a Netflix original uh, series that I would watch. Them teaming up and <laughs> I'm gonna. That's gonna get greenlit in six to eight days. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that bombshell. Um, thank you again, Kate, for explaining movies to us. 
Yeah, this, we have a lot more to go. So um, hopefully, we'll pick a better movie next time, yeah. guys. And we are looking forward to your angry, angry tweets. But you know what? Fucking watch the movie again before you at me. <laughs> Just watch this movie one more time, and then you can you can get all all. all <laughs> That's what all that's what'll happen. Oh. Cool. Thanks, Kate. All right. Talk to you talk Don't to you next soon. time. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I, I, I we 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 rated that movie pretty badly. Uh, thanks ever to, <laughs> to as uh, to to Kate, uh, but I quite like the fact that we we had one that was was kind of shitty. You know, all the movies we've watched so far have been great, and they can't all be great. So um, good for us to to dig in on a baseball movie that was was pretty shitty. We are taking uh, suggestions for our next um, battery mates at the at the movies uh, segment. So if you have a childhood memory you'd like us to stamp on and point out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the horrendous politics of please do get in touch we are at <laughs> battery underscore mates um or you can uh you can text either of us uh either of our listeners can have both of our numbers um <laughs> so uh yeah i thought it was a good one yeah um that was it was fun fun to do that and it, it, fun to watch that movie again i mean in that it was not fun at all i i kind of wish i would not rewatch that movie um although it's nice to know it's not a classic uh, at least not in my mind. Anyway, um, we have this recurring segment now that I thought was just going to be a one or two time thing and it'd be a joke. Um, but Trevor Bauer has has provided us plenty of content as our our former um, uh, what do we what do we even call him? Uh, what was what was the what was Trevor Bauer our what, what do we call him? I can't remember now. I put it out of my mind. It was too painful. It was too painful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eh. I mean, I guess because no, we when we. We're asking people who should be our next Trevor Bauer. We never really had a name for it. No. And anyway, this is... Tre- Trevor Bauer was our first Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer's our first Trevor So our former Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer, um, is... <laughs> so I, people need to know a couple things here. Um, a lot's happened. A lot's happening. He's having a... This is a very eventful year for Trevor Bauer. Um, namely because it's, it's quite possible he's going to end up being on the All-Star team. And he deserves it. He is currently... If you measure by Fangraphs, wins above replacement. Uh, Trevor Bauer is the second best pitcher, uh, starting pitcher in baseball, only to Max Scherzer, um, and he's the best starting pitcher in the American League. And and not, it's not close. Like he's he's firmly ahead of of everyone else. Um, he's having a phenomenal year. Uh, and the, the other day, after his um, most recent start, he uh, tweeted, "We need to have a mosh pit section for all my home starts." Outage outpost. That's what he's calling it. Fans who sign up get a free shirt and get to rage with the hot dogs pre-game. The hot dogs are the racing hot dogs that they do at Cleveland game. Um, possibly an air guitar giveaway one night, etc. That, to me, first of all, great tweet, Trevor. Um, so, 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 the, the possible air guitar giveaway was A+. Plus. A+. Plus. A Just a proper good comedy. Phenomenal tweet. And by the way, apparently this is happening. He posted a picture today of the outage outpost... And it's called Outage Outpost because his Twitter handle is Bauer Outage, which, you know, fair play, good good pun, um, good good wordplay there. But <laughs> Outage Outpost hasn't, doesn't even have his name in it. Like, it's not <laughs> – I, I, uh, hmm. anyway, they, they, they put uh, the image of the, the T-shirt he'll be giving away um, for all the people who, who sign up to be part of this. Um, this is going to happen, I think. I don't know if it's going to be a mosh pit, but – 
Uh, more to come. I'm assuming we will have another segment uh, about our, our ex-Trevor. Uh, I, I'm I'm all for anything that uh, creates a more raucous uh, soccer style atmosphere at games. Um, I've actually brought um, some some football chants o- over with me for Nationals players. Yeah. Uh, if they uh, yeah if they uh, if if trade if Trey Turner uh, steals a base tonight, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open the uh, the Trey Turner song I've 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 come up with. Can I'm not gonna sing it to you. Well, can we, wait, we got to debut it on the show. <laughs> You got to debut. You got to debut it on the show. Do you, do you know the? Um, no you know one's the listening song? now. This is the end of the show. Everybody's tuned. Yeah. Kate left, and well, everybody's like, "All right, it's the credits now." Uh, yeah, Justin Baraski is still listening. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know the Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire song? Which one? The Fember? That one? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Super Trey Turner. Oh. <laughs> He's got some afterburners. Oh, he hits the ball far away. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Oh, super traitor. It goes on like that. That's, okay, that's not bad. That's much better than um, uh, what what would be the um, the classic here. Uh, uh, I think. N a t s nuts nuts nuts. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, or like the da 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 charge. Yeah, I can't. I can't get behind any. I mean, I love baseball. You know how much I love baseball. I've flown three thousand miles to watch a game this evening. I love baseball, but the the songs are bad. Yeah. Well. Very bad. Well, if we do nothing else with battery mates, it's we will hopefully introduce um, better banter, better chance at uh, yeah. at ball games. So. And match pits. Well, enjoy the game. Uh, I know you've got to go actually to the game right now. I'm um, going to the game right now. And uh, um, hopefully it won't be rained out, and hopefully the Nationals will actually win. I've never seen I've never seen a walk off in person, uh, <laughs> partly because um, most of the games I go to aren't at, aren't at Nationals Park, so that's not an option. <laughs> uh, so I'm that's why I'm that's why I'm holding out for. I want to no, see a walk. No pressure. Nationals no players. Uh, I'll just take a win, to be honest, and some hits. And some hits. Well, with that, I hope everyone shags those balls. Shag those balls. <laughs>